Don't, don't, don't know. All right. That was pretty good, right? That was good. Well, I had to write it down because I thought about it not in the studio, so I had to write it down so I wouldn't forget. So I hope it was worth it. (laughs) Welcome back to Sorry We're Open. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Jess. And this is episode 12. Wow. Almost a a teen. We're really close to a teen. Wow. Our little baby podcast is growing up. Yeah. It's going to get develop an attitude. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it will. (laughs) Um, So this week, we're doing things kind of a little bit different. So we have a a guest segment, Darby. It was so good. Like everything he says is so important. So we didn't really want to take any more time kind of away from his segment by talking about whatever shenanigans we would talk about. Um, So this week's episode is only his guest segment. Right. And like Jeff said, we thought it was super important. So we don't feel like you're missing out. Oh, don't worry, our shenanigans will be back next week. Oh, in full in full force. <laughs> um, so we hope when you listen to the next segment, you really think about you know some of the things he says and how they maybe impact you or people in your life, and you know take it back to your table, have a conversation. Yeah. All right, and next is our guest segment. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, everybody, I'm Darby Hennigan. Hi, Darby. How are y'all? Fabulous. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. Darby, what topic did you bring to the podcast? Um, I brought one that's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, stereotypes, um, expectations, and toxic masculinity. I'm really excited for this. We've we've been um, awaiting you. Yeah. <laughs> Just someone to talk about toxic masculinity, I think. Okay. So. Do you want to define toxic masculinity for our listeners? Sure. Um, toxic, toxic masculinity is bad. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> thank you for having me. It was it was lovely interviewing. Like, you were great. Uh, yeah. Um. Um, no, but it's the um, it's the kind of the taking the traditional male like stereotypes of being you know um, self reliant and tough and no emotions and taking that to a place that's unhealthy for really every anyone and everyone. Um, um, more importantly to their self and the relationships that, you know, obviously men, men have with each other and with uh, women. So that's kind of the, the space that we're trying to talk about. That's a really good definition. I'm really? Just, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So where did you have any like starting points? Like where did you, cause like this is like, I feel like a very broad oh, yeah, topic. Oh yeah. It's super broad. Yeah. Um, I kind of like, I think kind of the history and like where it kind of comes from, I think is very important to like recognize. And so like, I guess where I'd start is like, we have this idea that like men should be, like I said before, self-reliant, tough, you know, show no soft, like soft emotions and, um, you know, should react to provocations with like aggression and handle their problems with, you know, their fists instead of their words and that sort of thing. It's not like... You know, big boys don't cry. And yeah, I was going to say, God forbid a boy cries. I, I mean, for real. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. It's okay to do it privately, but right, don't bring but that in public. No, no, nobody wants that. No, no, no. God forbid. God forbid. Yeah. Um, and like, I was when I was doing research for this, uh, I found that it like, it really stems from like the American prison society, which is crazy to think what? about. What? Yeah. So like, this idea that like, you can't show emotion and like you have to be like domineering and the like like kind of like whole alpha thing 
comes from this like the society of, of like and like uh, in America's prisons and like how like to survive like this extraordinarily high pressure environment of all of these dudes in one in like in lockup that like you have to carry yourself in this way that shows no weakness and like the only way you respond to like a slight is with violence and showing that like hey you're you're tougher you're better and like i don't it's so crazy to think like how that how something like so serious like like the way people handle themselves in prison has bled into our society right oh i had no idea that that's where that came from it's it's like obviously one of many things but uh, you know the whole like it's been a pretty much male dominated society for as long as we can remember forever in human history (laughs) uh long live the patriarchy no i'm I'm, I'm totally kidding um but uh yeah but like it's like the most extreme version of it comes from this this like the society that's built up of obviously predominantly male you know inmates in the the penal system in america um and so like i thought that was super interesting when i was doing the research for this oh my god he like did his homework i respect the hell out of that but that's so interesting because i i guess i never would have expected that that was one of the places i don't know i guess Mm -hmm. i never really thought of that kind of i guess bleeding into society like you said so and also like a, a, a lighter way where lighter place where this came from is definitely like the movies and TV and media that we consume. Oh, absolutely. I mean, not to say that like those movies are bad, but like, like John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, like <laughs> any war movie or Western or action movie, like, come on. Like, yeah, they def- that is. Yeah, they definitely like perpetuate that oh, yeah. stereotype for sure. It's all about this like tough male character who like can't sh- doesn't show his feelings and like always kind of treats the the main female lead like shit and like <laughs> you mood. know yep. she she like still throws herself at him mm-hmm. and like that's uh, I mean it, it's like that being perpetuated basically in all I mean I don't even feel like in any aspect of like media and um. You know, we've moved away from it, but there's definitely, like, you know, I can't, like, I guess the thing that pops to mind is, like, the John Wick movies. I, I love Keanu Reeves. He's a saint, honestly, <laughs> praise be. But, uh, like, do you think of the John Wick movies? It's, like, this super unemotional, like, professional killer who, like, you know, in the ones that I've seen, only has this emotional connection to his dog. Like, that, like, I don't know how to, I don't know how do you... <laughs> Well, a dog is a, a man's best friend, so... For real. <laughs> um, but, like, I don't know. The Like, we talk about masculinity in, uh, like, the, the most prominent thing is, like, the toxic masculinity. It's, like, this very negative connotation, and, you know, rightfully so. You know, I, I mean, it leads, you know, it leads to, like, not only domestic abuse, but it leads to, like, bigotry, Um like obviously excessive violence like this need to you know settle your problems in the you know outside this as i like to call it, like the bar fight mentality or like the like oh you got a problem like we saw we saw it uh on wednesday this like uh we did see it on we, wednesday yeah. um shout out to everyone who was there for that <laughs> there was some pushing there was some let's just go outside and i was like oh god is that gonna happen right now on the street 
It didn't, but it definitely looked like it was. It was close. And then we realized it wasn't actually that close. And it was something totally out of, totally different. Anyways, I digress. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, this like bar fight mentality of like the only way that I can show that I'm like, like got like a dude is to be super tough and macho and like oh i'm just gonna fight whoever whoever's like in my way um and uh yeah that's like there's so many better ways to deal with your problems than to fight people like let, come on all right when you think about like how you identify as a male obviously and how you um think about like how your masculinity takes place in your life what do you think has like impacted like how you now like view your masculinity um i you know i would be the first one to tell you that like i definitely struggle with this like identity of like being a tough guy and because like i don't know i feel like some people like myself included like draw confidence from this idea that like oh you know like when i was in high school i wrestled and i played football and i was the you know classic like football jock and um you know, uh, the the other sides to me that made me really interesting, like the fact that I was in a jazz band and the fact that I like loved being outdoors um, and like the, the kind of the like that got suppressed. And like it, I struggled with that. Like, how do I balance? And I, I still do it now. Like, you know, I'm, I'm on the Lehigh rowing team. So like I'm still technically a part of that, like athlete culture and like I'm in a fraternity. So, uh, you know, I like that also feeds into this sense of masculinity. Uh, you know, it's, you know, it's all, it's all about for the boys and you know, that's, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to happen. You know, I, you, yeah, you know I, I was going to say yeah, it. I should have, uh, it's literally in the title, yep, literally yep, in the title. Yep. Um, uh, but you know, you know, struggling, struggling to find, uh, yeah, it's really struggling to find like balance and like or not really a balance but like struggling to find an identity that doesn't totally draw off these like preconceived notions of like what a man needs to be um and like i said i still struggle with it i know a lot of people who like like a lot of guys who struggle with it and um because like you know you want to be interesting you know there's this like i have all these things that i love and like i really care about and i would love to share them but they're not like considered masculine so hell no, I'm not going to bring that up with my boys. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to try and suppress that as much as possible. Um, and like try and like project this out, you know, outwardly manly, um, like persona. And, um, I would, yeah, I mean, look at how I'm dressed for the listeners. I've got my boot, heavy construction boots on a flannel, like (laughs) khakis, well, yeah, khakis, uh, which I actually ripped today. Um, so fun fact. Nice, yeah. Uh, but I feel like yeah, it's I'm I'm wearing like if, if you see me walking down the street, you're gonna be you're like, oh yeah, that guy definitely, you know, he's he's a dude, bro. You know, like <laughs> have have you ever thought about like telling your boys or like talking to your boys about the less masculine side of you, like because you're like oh, I would never do that, yeah. but like. I have, um, and I've like that's something that I've I've tried to do more of is like talk about these things that I really enjoy. For example, cooking. Like I, I'll tell anybody now that I'm a really good cook, and that's something that doesn't always fall fall in the hyper masculine like cool guy thing, uh, like kind of stereotype. And so, like I, I've I've done a better job of it, but like there's some things that I won't 
I still won't. I don't feel comfortable talking to my guy friends about. I mean, Jack mentioned it last time that um, like I w- won't don't feel comfortable going to like my closest friends kind of and saying like, hey, like I had a really bad day today. Like I need I need your emotional support in this. Um, like I wouldn't I like tried to do it like I tried to I've tried to do it. But it's one of those things where the, the response you get is like, wow, man, that that sucks. Sorry, bro. Like it'll be better. It'll get better. Would you say those things to like a girlfriend or just no one? No, I definitely if if like I was dating somebody at the time, I hundred percent would uh would would do that. And like in my last relationship, that was one of my shortcomings was like me taking my emotions and being like, Oh, I can't share these. Not necessarily because of me trying to be hyper masculine or like feed into this like masculine identity, but like something that I need to work on like as a guy because I, I really haven't had well to an extent, I haven't had that like valid emotional validation of like, hey, it was good that you shared your emotions with me. Like, I, I didn't, I haven't like had that, so it's it's hard. Yeah, and a lot of times, like, one of the the guys that I knew, like, he came to me and he was very emotional. And he was very upset, and like, he apologized so many times for like showing this side of himself. I was mm-hmm. like, you can like cry, like let it out, like. I, I feel like when it does happen, when you're so overwhelmed and like you get to like that point where you like need to share mm-hmm. these emotions, you, uh, you as in men, like feel the need to apologize yeah. because like that's not part of I guess how you're supposed to be seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like like I said earlier, it's the whole like you know like big kids don't like big boys don't cry and like well I, mean, I think what is it the real real quote is like big girls don't cry but we're just, <laughs> we're just gonna go we're just gonna go with it. Shout out. Uh, Sponsored. But, but yeah, like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's just, it's hard to do. Um, and uh, luckily, you know, I was raised in a household where we, we did reward emotions, but definitely having well, grown up in an all male, board, all male boarding school, you want to talk about toxic masculinity. I didn't know that about you. Yep. All male, all boarding. Um, take rural Virginia and drop like a country club in it and then put all the preppiest dudes you could think of in one spot and just like let it let it run itself well that's what i was going to ask you since you are from the south do you think being from the south like i guess in my head that is even like more masculine than the north like does that impact like your masculinity um i'd say in like a uh, yeah i'd say because you know, it's something that uh, I like to, you know, have in my, like, like something I like to perpetuate is, like, this idea that I'm from the South. And, like, I take, like, a lot of pride in being from Atlanta and, like, having this rich culture of, you know, you know great food and Southern hospitality. And, you know, I think, obviously, there's some negative kind of, there's a very large negative elephant I'm not talking <laughs> about. But um, that's a whole other uh, podcast. But, um, yeah, the, but... I do take pride in this, like, you know, I feel like Southerners have this, you know, there's kind of this, like, redneck's not the right word, but it's, like, this, like, hardcore, like, you drive a truck, you work construction, you, uh, you know, you know, you hunt, you fish, you provide for your family by, you know, with your hands, and, um, you know, as the good country song says, hunting, fishing, and loving every day, that's the prayer that the country boy pray. And so, uh, yep, there it is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's um, 
I feel like, well, I think that it also happens with like any rural community, like people who are breadwinners who literally put food on their table through the means of their hands. Like it's, you have, like, you just have to be a masculine, like, dude. Right. Do you, do you feel any pressure? Like, do you feel the need to uphold those stereotypes in your life at all? Or they um, kind of just went over your head? The easy answer is no, because I grew up in the widest suburb, uh, very affluent area of Atlanta. And so, no, I shouldn't perpetuate those stereotypes, but, um, it's fun and like i i like enjoy the connotation that it has of like like hard work i equate like hard work blue collar tr- traditional family values um obviously not like tradition christian values and the, i support i very much i very much <laughs> very much support the lgbtq plus community um so moving on from that um but yeah it's it's like those those are the values that I want people to associate with me. So like, oh, you know, he's wears Carhartt and like drives a big truck and is working construction. Like, oh, he must be a hard worker. He must like, you know, work with his hands. And I, I do like I love fur- building furniture and like woodworking and I've got more tools than I can count. But <laughs> um, so I guess it's not really like me trying to perpetuate a stereotype. It's really something that I like. But um, I would say that it kind of it's sort of stemmed from this idea that like I have to be like a a masculine guy like I have to perpetuate these stereotypes that you know and eventually it became kind of who I am and like I think that's the beauty about uh, like college you get to kind of pick who you want you get to kind of really be who you want to be and you can pick and choose kind of like the values you want and like the you know the way you dress and how what it says about you and um i i've chosen this like very you know uh, manual labor-esque you know aesthetic basically that i like to that i like to perpetuate because you know i i do do all those stuff like i wear boots to the site because you know i'm gonna get probably get muddy at some point and um but you know i also i love dressing up in a tuxedo are you kidding me putting on a you know black tie event cufflinks watch ring you know getting my hair cut like all that sort of stuff that is a lot of fun and like i think that's not something that like many people would be willing to admit yeah just gonna say i'm so i i guess i'm surprised that you said that yeah 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 like i like something the things that like i've started to do is like really take into account like when i'm like getting dressed up to like go to a formal event like (laughs) what jewelry am i wearing like i think Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, it's like I'm not wearing like, you know, bangles and earrings and that sort of thing. Well, you but could. But... I could. I really could. But, uh, but I, don't... I also think it says a lot about guys who like care about their appearance and yeah. like, you know, like I notice when I like a guy wears a nice watch or like, oh, I'm like, that's a really nice shirt. Like it's yeah. like bing bing in the brain. Girls like that shit. And like, <laughs> I don't know. There's some guys who just, I guess, don't really care about that which i think is surprising i'm just gonna go ahead and call them out that's bullshit i'm sorry (laughs) like if you don't give a care about your your appearance and you go to like a day party or a formal function and you're showing up with khakis you pulled off your floor and a button-down shirt you found underneath your bed and the jacket oh my god (laughs) the jacket that uh you know you wore four day parties ago that has still hasn't been dry cleaned like 
I'm sorry, dude. Come on. Like, come, <laughs> come on. Oh, like you're describing, I think, literally everyone every that I know. Boy, every boy I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you brought up college. Yeah. So do you think that toxic masculinity in college is worse? And do you think it's worse being in a fraternity? Uh, Yes. I think that um, toxic masculinity in, like, Greek culture is, like, one of the most, like, severe places you can find it. Because, I mean, I, I I will be the first one to tell you that Greek life is, is I, I would make, I'm a extraordinarily heavily support, will will support and will always support Greek life for, you know, what it did for me when I, I had my medical, um, like, ordeal. The fact that it gave me that support system. But I would also say that, you know, I do recognize the flaws and um, I do recognize the the shortcomings of it. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely say that toxic masculinity, especially in fraternities, is um, uh, just based you know based on the people I know and the people I've I've chosen to hang out with. Hang out with, you know, there's a lot worse offenders than than me. And um, you want to talk about a place where you can't talk about your emotions, you know, fraternity like it's it's bad like the only time like the only time it happens is when you you i have a vivid memory of walking into my fraternity's kitchen and a dude sobbing with his head in his hands while our chef made him pancakes and in front of him was a you know half killed you know bottle of jack daniels and it was like we had kind of knew that he was going through this, but just the like he just let it build and build and build and build and build until like it just exploded and manifested in this just like drunken rampage that night. And it, it took you know our for chef to make him pancakes and let him know that everything was going to be okay to get him like you know talk him off that ledge and uh, figuratively and um, you know I. Like I said, that's one of the shortcomings of the fraternity system is that, you know, yeah, they're they're my best friends and they're my boys, but like they, there really isn't a way for guys to like healthily express like sadness and you know and to, like stuff like even like kind of getting excited about stuff is it, it's kind of it's it's like such a tricky thing to like put your finger on. Yeah, do you, not saying that like obviously this is all on you, but like. What do you think needs to change about, like, that fraternity culture? Like, is there anything that we can do? Is this just going to be the way that yeah, it's going to be, yeah. you know? Um, I think that yeah, you have to go earlier than once you're, like, the. I don't think the fraternity system will, I don't think the, that whole, like, emotional, um, like, like, being cut off emotionally, I don't think that will change until you get, like, kids educated like like young kids uh, like young especially like obviously males educated that hey it's okay to be sad about stuff hey it's okay to go to your best friend and say hey listen man i'm i'm sad today and i need your help it's like once once you real once people realize that like it starts young and like getting kids comfortable like getting like little kids comfortable with being like expressing their like expressing their emotion in a way that you know, they're not going to say, hey, I'm sad today and then have someone go, oh, wow, you, you a fucking pussy. Like what? You know, you know, don't don't tell me that. Like, you know, not, you know, chin up, you know, straighten up. 
Uh, once once you get people away from that, then I think like it'll change in the fraternity. But like I said, it's 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 way earlier than than the Greek system. Yeah, and I also think just like listening to the story you just told, you know, we have a ton of mutual friends, and so. <laughs> You know, when I think back to, you know, specifically sophomore year when it would turn into like none of you could talk to each other. So I would get like the call at, like two in the morning mm. that so and so is blacked out drunk and is crying. Can you come deal with it? Yeah. Or like, can you listen to him? He only wants to talk to you. He won't talk to anybody else. Like, yeah. And was that, you know, because we were good friends? Was that because I'm a female? And I it's think easier that's... to talk to me because I'm a female. I like, yeah, I think that's just a the, that's like an unfortunate product of this whole like toxic masculinity thing. Like, um, the the only way that he was like he won't talk to anybody. Like he won't like he's sobbing and he's blacked out. Like, you are unfortunately like the friend in that situation, the only one that he felt like he could talk to because, um, obviously I don't know the situation we're talking about, but I in a general case like usually you go to a like a close girlfriend and uh say hey this is or well obviously he wasn't calm about it but uh you know it's like hey like i want to i want to talk to you about this and like that i mean that in and itself takes a lot of strength because you don't know you don't know if your relationship with that person is in a place where they can handle that you know you like to think it is but Right, like I was just going to say, that puts a lot of pressure on yeah. us as exactly, your and like it's, that's not fair. And um, you know, you would you would ex- you would hope that you know they they trust their their guy friends enough to have those conversations. But you know, when you know when you you, you have this like this like like I said, this toxic toxic relationship between your your best friends in terms of emotions, like. Hell, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go talk to those guys. Like I said, you're gonna get a. You're gonna get a. Damn, dude, that sucks. Sorry, bro. Hey, well, let's just let's go rip another shot. Like, that's that. That's not a. That's not. A, that's not the right way to do it. And I think like one of the biggest things I've seen. This is college in general, not just in fraternities. Is like the need of alcohol before you mm. tell me anything that's oh, yeah. important to you, and then being able to like. You know, in the morning, you get you have the opportunity to be like, oh, my oh, yeah, bad, I was blacked out. Like. You, I think specifically, like mm. someone says something to do with their mental health, or yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera, and then you know, using alcohol is like a crutch, and like yeah. I think that is just as toxic as the mm. masculinity part of it. Yeah, and um, all the research points to like toxic masculinity has a direct link to like substance abuse, and like you know, like you said, using alcohol to be the kind of the grease in the wheels to get guys to talk about their emotions and. You know, like you said, it makes it a hell of a lot easier to be like, oh, I'm so sorry I was blacked out last night. Like I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't didn't mean anything I said. Well, you know, if you just had that conversation sober over a cup of coffee with that friend who, you know, girl or guy can tell you, you probably wouldn't have been blacked out sobbing, uh, you know, sobbing in your room, telling all your guy friends to get away from me. I don't only want to talk to, you know, Jess. Oh, I only want to talk to Lindsay. Like, you know, it's just expressing your feelings like guys it's that simple like and you know what i'm by no means you know the paragon of emotional expression i struggle with it the one thing that i do that really isn't great is like stuff will happen to me like bad stuff will happen to me and i will just be like you know what it's okay i'm gonna tuck that away save for later and then i do that three four five six seven eight times and then i'll like 
stub my toe and shoot off like a rocket and just it's yep. it's six months of just like slights and emotional baggage that I've just been carrying around me like like a Alice stone and just I'll go up like a rocket and it's bad it's you know it's not something that I'm proud of but you know something that I've acknowledged and really would love to work work on I think it's important to acknowledge that like this doesn't have to be like a thing you change overnight. Mm-hmm. Like I'm literally talking in a full TED talk in two weeks about how like shameless plug. <laughs> yep, that's not a shameless plug. You should all come. It's November 25th at 6 p.m. Thanks. Um, but what's so important is that like you can take baby steps to get there. You don't have to turn to your best guy friend tomorrow and like unload your whole life on that. Yeah. It's like start so small. Like mm-hmm. you can start so small and like just answering honestly to like how was your day mm-hmm. is the easiest step ever. Oh yeah. Start there. And then like. Instead of like drinking to talk to your emo- like to use your emotions, like try to have say one thing that's driven with emotion when you're sober. Like, yeah, say what you're gonna say to that same person drunk later. Say it sober. Practice mm-hmm. saying it sober because I think that's the hardest thing. And let's be real, there's nothing better than just a soul cleansing cry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's nothing better than I. You know what? Honestly, you can be alone, just sitting there and just just crying like you feel better afterwards yeah you might look really bad you might look like you got hit by a bus but you know what i guarantee you're gonna feel better afterwards because crying literally is letting out your toxic emotions and i don't know why there is this stigma that guys can't cry like i've had multiple guys like obviously usually pretty drunk (laughs) telling me about their life and then they like cry they start crying and then they're like oh no and they have to they're like trying to hold their tears and i was like me i cry regularly go ahead like it's okay like it's the, cry it's the classic like tilt their head up yeah, it's pinch, like the, like, pinch the bridge in their nose yes, like exactly no, exactly can't, can't do it can't do it and it's like homie just let it out it's okay like and i think like specifically when you think about like next steps like when guys are going through like mental illness or dealing with a loss or something like that like yeah convincing them or trying to suggest that they should engage in some mm-hmm. kind of mental health research such as a therapist yeah can be like particularly difficult because then they're like they're feeling like a very pull away from that like masculine yeah. identity all you okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you know i've i've been through some shit in my life and uh some of the the most like some of the best work and like most progress I've ever made on like being able to control my emotions was with a professional. And like, uh, I mean, during some really dark times of my life and just having that person who no absolute, no judgment, it's literally their job to help you walk through what you're feeling and help, help you understand what, what it is that you're going through. Like it's, it's just such a valuable resource that, I feel like carries this stigma. I mean, across all, all genders and, you know, you know, nobody wants to be the person who says, well, no one wants to be the person who says, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Like I can't do this alone. And overcoming that is the hardest thing is like, you know, I'm dealing with that right now is being able to sit there and say, you know, raise your hand and say, Hey, listen, like I'm struggling. Like I'm not doing well right now could someone please, you know, help me? And, um, you know, I, I do that with, you know, the current one right now is schoolwork. Like I'm having a struggle with school right now. And like, but 
the steps to get help and you know and then it applies to mental health as well the steps to get help you know whether it be schoolwork or mental health or whatever the taking that first step is the hardest thing ever like and this is like way off topic from you know toxic masculinity but i don't think it's way off topic you don't at think all. it's way off no. topic <laughs> yeah well you know just get help guys and girls yeah all people all people go go see a therapist you're feeling sad take advantage of it and i yeah i just think like when i think about how like toxic masculinity has influenced the guys in my life Mm -hmm. and like i sometimes i'm looking at them and i'm like you like this is like toxic to you as a person Mm -hmm. like this is like hurting you more and like there's literal research into how this affects guys like and all the absolutely negative ways that it affects guys and just like Honest, it also like the thing that shocks me is that toxic masculinity literally like shortens like men's life expectancies. The likelihood of men like getting killed in a violent act or, you know, um, you know, succumbing to suicide or, um, you know, like the I got written down here, like, you know, excessive use of violence. Like it's it's just. And it's something that's so simple, obviously, obviously not, but like it's something that you know, you can boil down to a few things as, you know, uh, like are the root of the problem. Like it's just, it, it just comes down to, I get so frustrated with it. It's, it just comes down to edge, edge, like educating and like, honestly, just telling people it's okay. Like it's okay to be sad. It's okay to like, you know, it's okay to be excited about stuff, you know, on the flip side, you know, it's okay. You know, Hey, you know, you're, no, your girlfriend's coming into town and you're super excited about it. And I've literally heard this, like, you know, uh, my, my buddy was like, you know, I'm, I'm so excited she's coming into town. You know, I love her so much, all this sort of stuff. And then dudes on the couch be like, yo, bro, that's, what, what do you mean? That's so stupid. Why are you, know. You're so whipped. You know, bro, you're so whipped. It's <sighs> like, it's like, well, damn, dude, like, just let the man be happy that, you know, someone he's chosen to spend a lot of his time and effort, you know, caring about is coming to hang out with them like yeah seriously I, there's something wrong with that yeah um also like not all like to, to kind of diverge from t- the toxic side of masculinity i think that not all masculinity is bad like there's some awesome like fatherly traits that i think should be highlighted more in like when people have these conversations care to explain care to explain yeah, stuff like, you know, when you when you look up just when you do a Google search of masculinity in general, it comes up with like stuff like courage, leadership, protector, provider, you know, the the things that like what, all of what the things that you like associate with like, you know, the male, like whatever the male lead you have in your life. Like obviously, you know, not everyone has that like a father or that sort of model, but you know, the person like the person who, you know, I, w- I would call it masculinity because it's the person who's kind of fits that role of, like I said, protector, leader, you know, um, uh, you know, it's, I'm blanking on a, on a, on a third <laughs> adjective to really finish it out. But, um, you know, it's, it's, <clears throat> if we can play up those characteristics of, I, it, 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 it can make, it'll just make the world a better place. 
And I think like that's a really great point because like when I think about a lot of my guy friends, like protector is one of the traits yeah. that I really associate with them because I think that like not that I don't feel safe with my girlfriends, but mm. like I feel safer walking home with one of my guy friends than like yeah. a few of my girlfriends. And you know, that's a whole nother, you know, stereotype of society and gender. Yeah. But I think like I've met some badass chicks out there. I mean, I would feel confident walking home with some of them. Uh, I could throw a punch if I really needed to. I'm five three, so I don't know if, I, if they're like six foot. It'd be a little hard for me. But Jess you know, always be punching above her weight class. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do it. <laughs> um, but I think that when you like, like there are good things about Matt. Like it doesn't all have to be like toxic, like you said. Like mm-hmm. we can. I think that masculinity as well as femininity can really be like restructured, like reconstructed. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. To be like a healthier thing. That's like you can be like whatever. Like. You don't have to be like masculine, masculine. You don't have to be mm-hmm. like feminine, feminine. It doesn't have to be like rainbows and puppies or fists. Like, yeah. there's a spectrum. Like, yeah. And so I think that, like, it's this is unfortunately goes back to the way in which we believe gender is like one or the other in the yeah. United States instead of like you can have like days where you feel more feminine or more masculine or neither. You have your own yeah. third. Like, and I, so I think a lot of this toxic goes back to like in order to like fit your binary mm. belief in gender, you have to go to the extreme. Yeah. That was so well said. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I told you, I'm taking this class. It's ruining my life. <laughs> <laughs> but you're getting some pretty awesome ideas out of it. Yeah. All right, Darby. Do you have like a takeaway? A takeaway? Something you want the listeners to take away from this. Hmm. Um, being... Fuck the patriarchy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, actually. But uh, I think that, you know, it's manly to be in touch with your emotions and it's you know manly to care about yourself and it's manly to express you know sadness and joy and excitement and all this like all these wonderful array of human emotions and that you know you don't have to be pigeonholed into a stereotype of where you come from who you are you know that sort of thing you honestly especially in college you can create whatever identity it is you want to want to be and i'm going to tell you right now that toxic like being toxic about being a manly man or like it's 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 not good for anyone like yourself uh the the relationships that you hold and you know the community in general so like i guess the takeaway is that you know it's it's cool to be like I said, it's cool to be in touch with your emotions, and there's nothing there's nothing weak about it. And honestly, I argue that you're stronger for it. I would totally agree. As would I. I really like that takeaway, by the way. <laughs> All right, so we always end our guest segment with something you're working on, being more open. Something about. I'm working on. Okay. Um, well, dressing better is definitely one of them because <laughs> I can't I can't look like I just rolled off the construction site every every time I want to go somewhere. Um, but something I need to be more open about is, yeah, honestly, like I'd spend an entire podcast talking about it, my, my emotions. Cause I, I said earlier that like, I tend to bottle stuff up until I like literally can't take it any longer. And, uh, it, it just manifests in this, like, just like, you know, red mist of anger. And, um, you know, unfortunately it's a, it's an extraordinarily, you know, not violent because it's not like I don't go and pick fights or like look for look for trouble, but it's usually me like putting a fist through a wall or like um, you know that sort of thing. But like 
be finding finding safe and like i guess like emotionally rewarding ways to deal with these emotions that uh that i feel and um you know deal with them in a way that's healthy and not calling Jess Foy at 2 a.m. in the morning with a you know with a half empty <laughs> bottle of Jack in one of my hand. That's a good start. <laughs> well, not thank- saying that I've ever done that though. It wasn't Darby. I was not <laughs> speaking about Darby. Um, well, thank you so much for coming. This thank is you so much for having been one of my favorite segments. Really enlightening, and I really appreciate how open you were about talking about everything with I mean, yourself. It I is, know. Sorry, we're open. I know that's so. the point. I know, and it, but you really you took it to heart, and you, I loved it. It was great. So thanks. Always. <laughs> so that's it for this episode of Sorry We're Open. Hope you enjoyed it and learned a little something. And I hope you're having some reflection. Yeah, some inner thoughts, you know. And, you know, like I said before, I think this is such an important topic to keep discussing. You know, how can we all work on being, you know, more open about ourselves and our emotions? So I would encourage you to start talking to your friends more. Maybe you're aware of a guy that you think is having, expressing some uh, toxic masculinity and how can we help all, you know, help everybody. Yeah. Work together. Yeah. Talk about your stuff. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Yeah.